0: Hello, Wisconsin, and welcome to a new rewatch podcast from Podcasting Best Buddies, Zach and Steven, coming at you. We're here. We we've <laughs> gone through the the time machine. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in what
1: what years the show start? 1976.
0: 1976. Yeah. Season one of eight of that 70 show. <laughs> 1976. Yes, we're here. We're we're podcasters. We've done a lot of TV shows. What we are not. Are people who were alive in the 1970s or the 80s or even the part of the 90s that that 90s show has taken <laughs> place so far? Um, but what we are are uh, habitual marijuana smokers. I'm, did you just admit? I'm calling the police right now. And I think this show is going to be the perfect show way. to dive in from a very the circle perspective, right? Yeah, I like. I I think
1: that. We kind of have more of a, a ping pong situation set up than a than a real circle together, but we'll, we'll make it work. I can take up at least two chairs. <laughs>
0: So thank you for joining us, everyone. If you haven't met us before, <laughs> we're Zach and Stephen. You're gonna get to know us way more than you ever would have wanted to, and this is gonna be a very fun, a very loose, a very stoned revisit of one of our favorite shows from the time we were kids to currently that '70s show. Uh, a show. It's the first time we're talking about a laugh track sitcom, which will be yeah. interesting. Because I don't know, I feel like somehow that seventies show is exactly every annoying Laugh Track sitcom format, but because of when it's set and because it's about like some hooligan younger kids that get into trouble and have sex and smoke pot, it always felt like a little grimier than the other yeah. Laugh Track sitcoms. It always felt a little dirtier, especially when I was a kid. Sure, when I was a cause like, you know, I had this,
1: I had Friends, and I had Seinfeld as yeah. a young kid that were playing in my house that were examples, and this one seemed so much edgier, because it was cool young kids doing stuff they weren't supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start there, because this was this was a show that was a very big part of my childhood, mm-hmm. actually. I feel like... Uh, do you remember when you were a kid where you would have been watching it, like what was airing the reruns of that 70s show? Steven and I are children of the... Very late 90s. We were both born in 1997. Mm-hmm. So the show had already been on for a few years when we were born. I think the yeah. show started in 96? Yeah. I'm going to look that sense. up. 98. 98. So we were alive. Never mind. Botched Tracks the whole the podcast record. so far. Burn we were the about a year old when wow. the show started. Uh, so watching it as it aired wasn't really a part of our experience, but catching reruns of it was. To start, I, I watched... You know, the last part of the show as there, I remember watching it. Really?
1: Yeah. My mom loved the show, so it was a a common watch in my household. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it, which is funny, because so my mom, you know, she was born early 70s, and so she liked mm-hmm. a lot of the references, and some of the characters were a little nerdy and dumb. and And so I don't know why, but that was a show that I watched with my mom all the time. As a kid, and I didn't know what most of the stuff meant at first, but I remember as I got older, these, you know, references from the show being thrown around the house all the time and, and things like that. It was a, it was a part of our household, which
0: was kind of cool. But then to circle back to my question, do you remember when you watched it then uh, as a rerun, what you were watching it on. I remember it being on Teen Nick for a while. I remember it being on um, um, uh, Nick at Night for a while. But I feel like there was somewhere else I was watching. It was it. on like one of the was local... Was it on ABC like, Family?
1: Uh, it, They showed it on ABC Family, but they also showed it on like WB or something. One of those like, sure, like single-digit channel shows channel. like sure. where they just showed reruns right. of whatever the cbs or whatever network sitcoms
0: that they had fox and they would show them on there you know after the judge shows i watched a lot of it that way you're right because i yeah. can even see this is one of those shows that i can like picture it in like grainy television yeah grade. like i feel like this was on like channel five or something like something that i didn't watch other than when this popped up on the tv guide i feel like there are a lot of reasons why we shouldn't have super loved this show or felt attached to it because there are a ton of references we don't get. It's set in a time that we can't relate to. Mm-hmm. When we started watching it, it was about kids that were older enough than us that we couldn't quite relate to them yeah. either. Um, or the parents, how the parents acted, we couldn't really. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate to how the parents act a little bit, but we didn't have <laughs> the same like stern parents of the seventies. But for whatever reason, I was obsessed with this show. I really yeah. liked the characters to the point where I was trying to catch the reruns in as close to chronological order as I could. Yeah. Cuz I wanted to see what happened. I wanted to follow Eric and Donna's relationship as the characters in later seasons started to leave. I like wanted to follow that thread too. Mhm. I think that for me it was
1: the most like risqué sexual thing I could see
0: and not have to close my eyes. And it's about kids. It's about kids. Cause like they're like I said, they're older than we could relate to, but they're young enough that we could like see ourselves there self-insert. in the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you watched the show as a youngin, was mm-hmm. there a member of the core group of characters that was your self insert? Was it the easy one which is Eric or was it more complicated? Yeah, than...
1: I think being a nerdy kid who wanted to be more than that. I think that Eric was the easy one for me Same. because I didn't feel like I was dumb enough to be Kelso. I, I wasn't a stoner so I wasn't Hyde. Didn't have
0: that chip on your shoulder.
1: Yeah, so I feel like for me, I liked Star Wars a lot from a young age and so Eric liking Star Wars, I was like, ah, nerdy kid can get the the pretty red-headed girl.
0: Unfortunately, I always saw myself as Eric, but I mm-hmm. feel like maybe I was closer to Fez than I'd ever <laughs> like to admit. <laughs> Because he's very theatrical, he's very center of attention, and he's always doing stuff that gets him attention, but might just come off very off putting. When well, Fez was my favorite character when I was younger. When I like was early watching the show, Fez was my favorite because I thought he was so funny. That's so interesting because, and we'll get into how we feel as we're about to rewatch all the episodes. This is just for those out there who are wondering, this is just a little intro to episode. Next yeah. week, we'll start with the first episode of the show, and then we'll go through all 200 and something of them. <laughs> uh, so we'll be in our 70s when we get to the end yeah. of the 70s here. So next week, we'll start the rewatch. I feel like watching it this time. Fez is going to be pretty much instantly unlikable, mm-hmm. and that's not really going to change. So he was your favorite character growing up. He was. I thought it was very funny. I think going into it this time, we're going to find the adult characters way funnier than we did as kids. Absolutely. I think last time I watched this show, I was... I. Kitty was my favorite. She's so funny. And Red is really funny too. Yeah, Red's really funny as well. And maybe we'll touch on the 90s show at the end, but that's a big reason why that works is because Mm -hmm. those characters are in the forefront of it and it's great to see them again. They haven't lost a beat. Yeah, they look great. They're still just as funny, if not
1: funnier now because they have more freedom to be and it's a different perspective. And I'm excited to to take a look back at at how funny they always were, but I didn't get it because I was a kid and adults you know, couldn't be funny if they were being stern.
0: Well, it'll be fun to watch it this time because while we're still just as clueless for the most part about the (laughs) 70s, what we know about the 70s is what pop culture mostly this show amongst other things that have taught us what happened yeah. in the 70s and what was cool and not cool in the 70s what music was good what movies were good it's just what i've consumed pop culture wise has taught me about mm-hmm. that time period so even though we're just as clueless there i think it's gonna be fun to revisit this show about a group of high schoolers even though by the end of the show they look like they're all 30 they're 40 yeah yeah uh, it's a show about high schoolers and I think it'll be fun to revisit that as like a 26, 27 year old. Yeah. Trying to see how much we can take ourselves back to those high school loves and the high school wins and, and fails that felt way bigger than anything could ever feel at that time. Absolutely, Cause I think at its best this show, which was kind of grimy and dirty and sexy, captures mm-hmm. some of that stuff in like a boy meets world kind of way. Yeah, Totally. It's just a little less clean cut than Boy Meets World. So you really liked the show as a kid. I really liked the show as a kid. Really Mm -hmm. followed it. I think it was the first adult show that I really was invested in. Live action adult show Mm. as a kid. Because I think the characters were young enough that I felt... Related to them and it was it was edgy and it was teaching me things that I didn't know and nobody else was teaching me about them I certainly did not know what weed really was no And I didn't show realize what they were smoking weed until I was much older. I thought they were just sitting in a circle We should address that because I had the same exact experience <laughs> I didn't know that the circle always meant that they were smoking weed until no. after I had been smoking weed constantly for years actually I didn't realize they were smoking was not weed until that long ago.
1: there was like a specific episode where they like get right. caught by the pastor. And I was like, oh, that's what's going on. I think that's the same one where like Eric's like, hi, and like talking to his parents? But I had no idea. And I was watching this show for years
0: before I made that realization. Because we were really young when we started yeah. watching it. That's my experience, too, because, of course, I kind of came to learn as a kid the bags, like the episode where Hyde gets caught yeah. with a bag or the talk of brownies. I think I kind of figured that out. But mm-hmm. I was too naive to perceive that this was like their daily routine. Type yeah, thing. I think I just thought it, like, it happened like, oh, in some special episodes. Things, yeah,
1: but not the other ones.
0: And then I was like, oh, shit, all of them. So since you've been that age, have you stuck with this show? Have you picked it up and watched it that often? How do you feel about it? when you haven't watched it critically as an adult? I haven't gone through and watched it in about
1: maybe four years it's been or so. I did go Mm -hmm. through and watch a lot of it up until some of the later seasons that aren't as good. But at least the first few seasons I definitely have rewatched semi-recently, not recent enough to remember all the details, but it's a a very nostalgic show for me that brings a lot of like, Little laughs and remembering watching it as a young age. This, for me, I feel like was one of the things that shaped my redhead thing that I had as totally. a kid growing up. That's well why I'm, a, I'm so a big close. Green Bay Packers fan. And when I realized that I liked the Green Bay Packers was also when I was like a young kid watching this show, and so that was a cool connection for me. That is so. Cool. I th- I think that there's a lot of really cool moments in the show that I kind of will remember being a kid and watching and how I perceived it, and then. Seeing it now as an adult who's a very different adult than I was as a kid, it's it's really cool and fun to, you know, see it from a different perspective, pay attention to the the jokes a little bit more, get
0: way more of the jokes than I got as a kid. <laughs> and touching on what you were saying about Green Bay in Wisconsin, like, it's so the Midwest. Yeah. And we didn't grow up in Wisconsin, but we grew up in Indiana. So mm-hmm. I think there are going to be a lot of reflecting on growing up in a kind of small... Kind of well, and I feel like our hometown is town probably the about Midwest. the size of
1: Point Place, especially when we were younger growing up there. It seemed really similar in size and nature, and, and the the problems that were happening or sure. are
0: sure,
1: it seemed big because
0: you're in a small place. Losing factory jobs, I feel like Red yeah. loses a factory job in the show, and Stephen and I come from a town where. There were a bunch of factories. Everybody had a factory mm-hmm. job. You could work there for forever. You could make a shit ton of money. And then the factory is all, all closed, closed in an economic crash, and a bunch of people lost their job. Mm-hmm. And now we've got like empty holes in the city where factories once were. And yeah. it's there's there's just not the lifeblood that having a workforce like that brought to a to a community. Totally. Um, and Point Place is kind of like that because this is a different sort of depression area you know mm-hmm. the, the, their financial struggles are a part of it I think it's going to be fun to visit that stuff as a survivor of yeah. the Midwest as a child I revisited the show a couple years ago and I think I got a ways into season four maybe mm-hmm. and I didn't really stop watching because I wanted to I just started watching other stuff yeah and I I do feel all that nostalgia. I think it's a great show. I'm excited to dive back into it. And I'm doing it with an open heart and with, even with kind of, we'll get into a little bit later, the baggage that comes with like the cast of the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I still feel like I can embrace talking about it every week with an open heart and with a fun spirit because this show meant a lot to me. But mm-hmm. when I revisit it, it, it makes me cringe a lot more than it oh, did yeah. obviously when I was a kid. And I think a lot of that comes from like when it was on the air in the late 90s, early 2000s, and the types of jokes that flew, not to mention the writers being able to say, well, people were so much more loose with what they would say in the 70s. They used the excuse of not
1: having to be sensitive.
0: Yeah, people were way less sensitive about certain things in the 70s, so we can say whatever we want. And I think sometimes to the show's detriment, they really talk down on the female characters in the show. I think actually all of the female characters of the main core... They'd never really service them in the story the way that they do the other guy characters. Mm-hmm. They they kind of just flip on a dime and get a new hobby just because it's time for them to figure out something to do yeah. in the show. So I'm going to be interested to watch it from a slightly critical lens and mm-hmm. and see how much I can try to turn that off and just have some fun. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. What I'm excited is one of the main conceits about the show is that we're in the basement. It's going to be a very circle-friendly podcast. Mm -hmm. So I want this to be very stream of consciousness, slightly stoned thoughts that hopefully can help us forget some of that stuff that makes us cringe a little bit. And we wanted to, I think, do some, like, strain highlights type things. Yeah, we'll talk about what we're –
1: some what people we're like to
0: enjoying. talk about what wine they're drinking at book club. We're going to tell you guys what weed we're smoking to talk about that 70s show on a yeah. podcast because we're inviting you into the circle with us. So everyone, raise your your way of ingesting <laughs> and join us on this journey. What, what have you got in, in your system today, in your neural pathways? So I, uh, I've i got a mix of, of two
1: uh, yummy flavors today i've got some tokyo sunset uh which is a cross of gorilla's breath and sunset sherbet and i've got some super glue so two two uh, gorilla glue lineage strange which is my favorite strain so a wonderful way to take in today feeling good feeling happy feeling creative
0: that's nice mm-hmm. i like that i've got some crazy glue oh it's, it's a, a great party I just got. it's a uh, it's I, that's true. I haven't looked at the dynamics of the strain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's some... it could very very well be Gorilla Glue because not only is it a great strain, it's also a very present strain. It's pretty easy to get some Gorilla Glue, which is very nice. Yeah. Um. It's I think it's a I think it's a sativa dominant hybrid. Nice. And it was outdoor grown, and because of the great state of Michigan, it was a fifty dollar ounce craziness. I live in Chicago,
1: by the way, so my means of of appraisal and acquirement vary in cost, but the dispensaries are very expensive in Chicago.
0: Back into that 70s show, outside of what character did you see yourself in, which characters did you like the most as a kid and which characters do you like the most now? Who do you think was the funniest? Whose storylines were you the most interested in? When I was a kid,
1: I'll go through three stages of my life with this. So when I was a kid, I, I really liked Fez because he was funny and Wilder Votem also hosted Yamama on MTV. Oh my god, he sure did, didn't in, he? Which I was a big fan of.
0: Which of course we'll be covering heavily on this program. Exactly. We'll be
1: going through Yo Mama. <laughs> and I really liked Kelso because I think that I thought that the burn thing was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Then when I was a teenager, I was much more into Hyde because I thought he was super cool and edgy. And that's when I started to really be crushing on Donna hardcore oh sure and now as an adult i really think that kitty and kelso again are my two favorite characters
0: yeah as a kid i think i liked eric a lot Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's gonna be the i think i'll like him but i think he's gonna annoy me a lot more than most of the characters i think i thought kelso was really funny i definitely thought hyde was really cool yeah we'll like get into that bag of worms in a second because I don't know, we'll we'll get there in a second, yeah. but I thought Hyde was a really cool character, and I liked the, he is trying, I, they gave him some interesting stories of mm-hmm. personal development for the type yeah. of sitcom that the show became, and even as a kid, I think I was really interested in like, oh, is he going to meet his dad, is he going to mm-hmm. get over this stuff, is he going to go to jail, like in certain episodes? Yeah. And now I feel the same way, I'm like, oh, is Hyde going <laughs> go go to gonna go to jail? Is your going to go to jail? Yeah, and as an adult, Kitty and Red definitely. Although Red kind of like reminds me of my dad in a bad way. Ooh. Of course it's different because my Red like talks to his son. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> well not cuz he wants to. <laughs> he kind of looks like my dad and he's really stern and it, I don't know. I can definitely relate to like Eric just being intimidated and feeling like you mm-hmm. have to walk around the house a certain way, that you have to say things a certain way just to appease your volcano of a parent yeah but there was no like understanding of love underneath it like there is with red and mm-hmm. eric but i think it'll be fun to dive into the parental dynamics of the show Absolutely, for sure. especially i think we're gonna reflect a ton on how we were kids that <laughs> were getting one over on our parents yeah a lot most days there was a, a ruse to be had do mm-hmm. you agree absolutely and I think that's kind of the vibe of the show. They're always trying to sneak the keg downstairs so the parents don't see. They're trying yeah. to smoke weed every time they hang out in the basement without <laughs> getting caught. <laughs> I And, and it harkens. – I'm sure we'll get into some stories of
1: us, Zach, but I yeah. definitely remember times where we were coming up with excuses onto why there was a certain smell and, and thinking we played it cool and played it off and absolutely
0: yeah. never did. yeah. <laughs> we didn't learn any lessons from this show because we made the same mistake no we were like ah it worked for them (laughs) oh that's so funny that's so funny and it's true let's now that we've had a good laugh let's get into the weeds let's talk about why this show is hard to talk about a little bit and why we're going to not reflect too much on it although we're about to discuss about it Obviously, Danny Masterson is the biggest one, the elephant in the room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know where the trial is exactly now. I think it keeps getting pushed back because mm. of all sorts of things. So who knows what's going to happen to it? But it seems pretty, pretty clear bad. that yeah. he did a lot of horrendous stuff to a lot of people. And he's one of the main characters of this show, and we're going to be watching it and talking about it. And, and I, really I don't like think it would be Hyde. fair to the show Agree. for us to keep too much of
1: that in mind thinking about the character at the time even though even if he was doing those terrible things during this time period i think that we i want to give the show a fair shake yeah and know that as a person he's bad and if he does anything in the future i will not be watching it but because of us going through this show i think that we're gonna keep you know obviously if there's anything to talk about we'll talk about it but it's not for the be most part. We're going to talk
0: about Hyde. We're not going to talk about Danny. Masterson. Exactly. However, I, I, two things. One, this is a sitcom. There's so many executives, writers, directors, mm-hmm. producers, cast members that make this thing the thing that it is. And it is, it is none of their fault that one of their actors turned out exactly. to be a bad guy. Um, you can't predict something like that. Everyone has the potential. Not everyone has the potential to become a rapist, but everyone has the potential to do something that people are like, we wish we hadn't picked that person for a yeah. thing in the past. We all have the potential to be terrible. And it's not our previous employer's fault that they didn't see it. right? Mm-hmm. However, it's also going to be really hard to watch hide and watch flirty hide, watch uh, uh, sketchy hide yeah. and not cringe think about how
1: gross he is is when he's
0: being like or even in scenes when he's like wooing women successfully even that it's gonna feel weird Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just thought we should get it out there that obviously i believe the victims in that scenario yeah i think that dude should go to jail unfortunately i don't think he will because of Another thing, the Church of Scientology, which mm-hmm. we I don't I'm not educated enough to go too into it, but there are a couple of cast members of this show, some that are still on that '90s show, mm-hmm. that are members of the Church of Scientology, and I think that they are doing a lot to help mm-hmm. Danny Masterson along yeah. his trial path, and I think that's all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I still boy, no. am going to watch that '70s show and enjoy it and hide it'll be interesting to see if it's even possible for him to be one of those characters that i really like yeah in light of everything um i don't really have anything else of merit to say about it it's just kind of the elephant in the room that you have Mm -hmm. to mention and i wanted to mention it it out of the way now next week we can talk about the show exactly Oh, uh, as we're getting close to wrapping this up, any last thoughts you have? Are you excited? Are you hesitant? Where are you landing on the meter? You know, I'm excited to look
1: at it and, and enjoy the show again. I am anticipating a fair amount of cringe, which I think yes. will be fun to talk about. I, I think too. the last Patreon show that we talked about on here had a fair amount of that and, and it became really fun to to look at the good and bad that Yeah. That is is there because there's enjoyment to be had all the way around, and I'm excited to see in hindsight how much heart is in this show. Because I do think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moments that are really sweet and tender.
0: And how many of them play? Yeah, because after a while they're like, oh, they hugged again. (laughs) But then like everyone remembers the moment from the first episode where Eric and Donna are on the car and they kiss. Yeah, absolutely. We all wanted to be Eric on the hood
1: of of the Vista Cruiser, kissing our cute,
0: tall neighbor girl. Yeah, and now I kind of get to, from hundreds of miles away, kiss Aww. my tall neighbor podcaster. Aw. I guess. But you're my redheaded neighbor yeah. pod. I've been hearing a lot about <laughs> this car that runs on water. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, obviously, there are a ton of episodes of That 70s Show, and we're going to be rewatching. All of them. And in each episode, we'll do some trivia questions. We'll have some circle esque conversations based around the topics of the episode. We're going to award like a MVP who gets the first hit in the circle, our MVP Mm -hmm. for the episode. We'll be talking about our favorite funny moments and our favorite like cringy moments in each episode, along with just diving back into that vibe of being a fan of the show being a kid watching this show yeah and and celebrating it we're going to start that off next week and after we do all of the episodes of that 70s show uh and and some bonus episodes i'm sure the plan is to continue with this universe through the decades to dive into the 80s dive into the 90s starting with the 80s show do you know much about it have you ever watched i've never seen an episode of that show? show i only know that it has glenn howerton it does have glenn howerton it was on air the same time as that 70s show. Mm. It aired in 2002. So like season wow. four or five of that 70s show. I've seen just little clips of it. I never really watched it. But it's mm-hmm. assumed that the main character of the show, which is Glenn Howerton, uh, is Eric's like, cousin or something mm. in the 80s. But it's never mentioned. There's no real connection to the show other than it's set in the 80s and it's kind of like a spiritual sequel yeah i don't know anything about it it only Nothing. lasted 13 episodes <laughs> and i'm just as excited to dive into stuff like that and see what they were absolutely. doing. absolutely glenn howard makes it really exciting to watch we're big sunny fans big yep. glenn howard fans really mm-hmm. so it'll be fun to see how much of his 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 rage comes through in his like every man sitcom character in that 80s show Yeah. What about now we're living in a world where that 70s show has just recently come back into the world? A big reason why we chose it as this Patreon podcast is that that 90s show is out. It's a literal spinoff of that 70s show with returning characters set 20 or whatever years Mm -hmm. after the original show that revolves around... Eric and Donna's daughter moving to Point Place for the summer to spend with her grandparents, Red and Kitty, who return in a big way, and other characters make cameos, and it's very much a continuation. It's got the same cringy sitcom jokes, but it's got (laughs) the same warm sitcom fuzzies. Yeah. How much of it did you watch? What did you think of it? Just the first episode. I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was cute. Or maybe I saw the first two. I think I watched the first two or three, and the first episode with all the little cameos was great. It was Yeah, really it was cute. super cute. You know, honestly, I think we're kind of in a place where I'm yearning to go back to the Laugh Track sitcom days a little mm. bit, and it's been a long time since there's been a Laugh Track sitcom show with a cast or, or characters or stories really yeah. worth telling, and and obsessing over. So seeing a show like this is in seeing the super young actors in a show like that is like a breath of fresh air. It, it, takes it is. Back. Cause it's, we don't get a lot of that right now that are like,
1: everything's always either super high produced, you know, multi-camera comedy shows, or it's like a intense, serious drama. We don't have a lot of kind of nonchalant laugh tracks shows that make it and that are worth watching. And I think that, that that 90s show seemed really cute. The first couple episodes I saw, I, I definitely would watch more.
0: Well, that's our intro episode for The Basement. We're going to come back next week and talk about the first episode of the show, do our segments, talk about the characters, talk about the laughs and the cringes. And I know for a fact the first episode is one that I've seen a lot of times mm-hmm. and I'm really nostalgic for. And I think that's going to be a really fun time to revisit. Yeah, uh, So too. I'm looking forward to that next week. And we're often going to end the show with a segment that we're going to call That 70s Playlist, where kind of is our little radio DJs. Unfortunately, That 70s Show nowadays on streaming, it doesn't include most of the famous 70s songs that were included in the original run because they don't have the rights to that music for long-term streaming situations. So at the end of the episodes, we're going to talk about what songs were originally in the episode and maybe give our... Favorite of those, and maybe yeah. in the episode playing it. So, I think today we don't obviously have a song from any episode to highlight, but why don't we, as a nation, listen to the That 70s Show theme song together? What do you think? Heck yeah, let's do it, everyone, Wisconsin and beyond. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been The Basement. Hey, yeah. Ooh, do, 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 do. Yeah. the car <laughs> bitchin Eric I'm <laughs> in front of your mother <laughs> thank you pop <laughs> sir yeah well clean the attic yeah. <laughs>
1: Hello, Wisconsin, and welcome to the
0: basement. What were you going with there?
1: I was going for like Todd a Rundgren? S- yeah, yeah, because I don't actually know any of his music. Oh, uh, so. he's got
0: some good songs. We're definitely going to end the program with a Todd Rundgren song. Nice. He's good. I like Todd Rundgren. I'm not familiar with Todd Rundgren. What, what did Jackie
1: call him? Renegan?
0: A couple things. Ted something one of the times. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Basement. That 70s, 80s, and 90s rewatch. Today we're really kicking it off with the first episode of That 70s Show. Our great experiment begins today, truly, as we talk about that 70s pilot. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach. I'm Stephen. Welcome to The Basement. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. Stephen and I have just stepped out of the circle and over to the couch of the basement to to record the podcast for you all. So, what's your poison this week, Steven? What are you What are you nipping the nip of? Um, this
1: week I've I've got a I've still got my my sweet combo of uh, Tokyo Sunset and Super Glue, but I've also got a, a little bit of Blue Dream in pin form that I'm rocking with just to even it all out. Like a Neapolitan
0: ice cream of, of high. Cool. What about you, Zachary? <laughs> I enjoyed a rolled paper cigarette with some crazy glue flour and nice. some strawberry banana live sugar. Ooh! Yeah, that sounds, feeling sounds yummy. Very sludgy, feeling very grimy,
1: feeling very <laughs> much like the
0: basement in which this <laughs> podcast takes place. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm I I don't know why maybe you listeners got it off of the first episode. And can we just like clear the air? Is there a little bit of trepidation with starting the that 70s show rewatch podcast a little bit? I think so. I yeah. think there's a little bit
1: of like okay, here we go. It's it's like if you <laughs> know You've been swimming in a regular pool your whole life, three, four, five feet. I already don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to an Olympic pool that's got like a twenty-foot deep thing, and you just jump right. And in. that seventy show is the Olympic pool. Yes,
0: compared <laughs> to the small potatoes we're used to talking about.
1: Compared well, to the blow-up Barney, the inflatable you know, six-inch deep pool that's in my grandma's
0: backyard. The reason you're saying this is because the show has just over 200 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Is that your main source of trepidation? That's the main source of trepidation. Well, I I understand that. And the the TLDR of this tirade I'm about <laughs> to go on is watching the first episode was a lot of fun. Yeah. And took away a lot of that trepidation. absolutely, But... There's a lot of episodes. Um, we know that it gets less good at a point and is kind mm-hmm. of cringy in moments throughout. But I'd like you to understand that nobody this show was voted for us to do. Yeah. And I'm very happy it was. It was one of the options that I came up with, so I'm glad it was chosen. Nobody is holding a gun to our heads and saying we <laughs> have all 201 episodes. Maybe of that not you, show. Zach, but <laughs> I don't like to quit things. We'll, of course, at least do like the first two seasons and if everybody hates it or wants to do something else, I think we're gonna have fun is the TLDR. Because I, so I just really, really enjoyed watching the first episode. It brought back a lot of nostalgia. And even though I have seen the episode within the last couple of years, I- I'm thinking about it from this perspective of I can watch it remembering what it was like to be twelve years old, haven't had my first real kiss watching this. I can watch this yeah. and feel nostalgic to how it felt to watch these teen romance stories when you're a budding teen that wants to be romantic. Mm-hmm. you know. I can see Versus it from that like perspective. like an adult that is in a relationship. It's very and, different. And now I can also see it from the perspective of now I've grown up and done those things. Mm-hmm. So how much of this rings true and how much of it rings corny. I think for this episode, the majority of it, all the way around, even as a kid of the 2000s mainly, that it rings pretty true. Absolutely. I think it it holds up incredibly well in a lot of ways. Okay, so today we're talking about the pilot of That 70s Show. Episode 1 of 202, I think. That 70s pilot. This episode is the only... Okay, this episode of the show was directed by a guy named Terry Hughes. And it's really interesting because he... This is the only episode he ever directed of the show because every other episode of this show was directed by one person. Really? All 201 episodes, David Trainer, He is actually oh my a god, super prestigious television director. We'll talk more about him next week. But this episode it was the only episode of the entire series, all eight seasons, not directed by David Trainer. It's directed by Terry Hughes, who he directed 108 episodes of The Golden Girls, which has come Hell up yeah. in our conversations a few times today. Also directed 100 episodes of Third Rock from the Sun, which was created by a a couple of the creators of That 70s Show. Terry Hughes, who directed this episode, also directed all 12 episodes of That 80s Show. Nice. And five episodes of Friends. So Terry Hughes, quite a career. This episode was written by the three creators of That 70s Show, which is the writing team of Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner and Mark Brazil. So those three people are the creators of that 70s show. And this was kind of a different era of television where the creators would build the show, they'd write the pilot, maybe they'd kind of oversee the first season or Mm -hmm. half of the first season, and then they hand it over to the writer's room where, like, a showrunner would be appointed, like, of the writer's room. We talk about showrunners a lot nowadays in the world of, like, your Dan Harmon's and, like, Mm -hmm. the guys who did Game of Thrones and, like, what they do to their show. But... The showrunner has never exactly been like a salaried, like paid thing. It's more like yeah. a within the writer's room. You're the guy who runs the room. Mm-hmm. it's just like they're usually just a writer but they're like so that's what would have been going on here so bonnie turner and terry turner whenever they wrote for the show they wrote together and they wrote two other early episodes of the show eric's birthday which might be the second one and that disco episode where they are only the other contributions to that 70s show but the turners outside of this they wrote on 129 episodes of saturday night live nice. they wrote both of the wayne's world movies Okay. Um, they wrote the 1990s parody, The Brady Bunch movie, which nice. is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they wrote Tommy Boy, and Hell the yeah. two of them are the creators of Third Rock from the Sun. That's awesome. Tommy Boy is a great movie. It's really funny. It's mm-hmm. probably worth a revisit. I haven't I haven't picked it up in a while. Tommy Boy is one of my favorites. Fat guy in a little coat. Meanwhile, the third creator, Mark Brazil, he stuck around a little bit longer on that 70s show. In the first season, he writes Eric's burger job and first date, and then he wrote a couple episodes in season two: Red's last day and hunting. Outside nice. of that seventy show, he wrote on ten episodes of In Living Color. Hell yeah! Five episodes of Third Rock from the Sun, and more recently, a lot of children's television, including fifteen episodes of the two Lab Rats shows. Oh, I saw some of the first Lab sure. Rats show. That's Mark. I'm Brazil. familiar. And that was fun for me because I didn't really know much about the creative force of that '70s show. So to mm-hmm. learn that it kind of was, and you can tell watching the show, I think it's such a good study of how to write a sitcom pilot. Yeah, of the things that happen, the characters that are introduced, it's almost like mathematical how the jokes and the relationships work, and it works. It, it doesn't sets feel the mathematical. Scene and the tone really, really well. So you can tell it's these people that know how to come together, come up with a show, build it, and then give it off to talented writers. One of them, I don't know when he started writing, but Will Forte was a writer for that 70s show for a few years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's that. Now it's your turn to introduce a segment that I'm kind of nervous about. All right, everybody at home, (laughs) in the air, on the
1: ground, under the sea, in the sky, on the moon, it's time for one of my favorite segments on the show. We're gonna go into the basement breakdown. <laughs> I'm Spud Speester here, and I'm gonna. <laughs> Spud <laughs> and Speedster? <I'm>... And I... <laughs> my lord. In my own Zoom call, Spud Speedster? That's right. Don't adjust your television sets or your Zoom settings. I am me, Spud Speester, here to <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm so on board, Mr. Speedster. Don't trip up on my on my behalf, Mr.
1: Speedster. We're gonna ask our special guest today, Zach. Zach, is that right? Zach? Zach 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 That's correct. Where you gotta you from, write Zach? all
0: of those times. Good old Indian good old Indian <laughs> I was nice. gonna say Indianapolis because I'm not from Indianapolis, but I feel like if mm-hmm. I was on a game show, they would say that I'm from Indianapolis because mm-hmm. people know what that is.
1: Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm
0: sorry, frightened. Spud. Well, that's a lovely city. <laughs> Haven't
1: been there myself. Not since I got kicked out. Hey oh, <laughs> Uh this is the part of the show where <laughs> Zach is going to break down for the basement what happened in this week's episode. How are you feeling about that, Zach? Uh fine. I'm feeling healthy about it. Healthy, okay. Well healthy. speaking of health, we've got a special twist <laughs> Hell yeah. to this recap show. Zach, are you <laughs> ready to hear what it health, is? Yes, Spud. So normally it on, me. on our uh-huh. program, you have twenty seconds to spill the beans about what we've got going on. But this week, you have a special opportunity to gain five more seconds, Zach. Five seconds can do a lot in that time, can't you? I bet you can, sport. Well, here's how you earn those five seconds. I, myself, Spud Speaster, am going to take a mighty rip from something over on my end in the booth here. And if you can... And if I cough before the 20 seconds are up, then you gain five
0: more seconds. You know, Mr. Speedy, I don't really feel that that's much of an advantage to me at all because I'm going to be stressing about that the whole time. And I feel like there's no chance that Mr. Speedster uh, championed Ripper (laughs) that that you're not going to be able to last the full 20. Well, Zach, you see... You can take those, uh, suggestions and put them right here in the suggestion box. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. It's a trash it's, can. It's just that Mr. Spe- Mr. Spud Speedster has a well-documented <laughs> drug problem that he just is. It, this segment's in his contract. Well, after my second wife stabbed me in the chest, one of my lungs collapsed, Zach, so I
1: actually am at a bit of a disadvantage here.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, audience. Are you, you think thing in Five do it? seconds. Do I win something? If I what what happens after? <laughs> you get to play again next week. I don't get anything against the Johnson. I'm just stuck family. in this in this purgatory. <laughs> There's a family next time. I'm just you got to beat purgatory. Them. <laughs> okay. They're playing for their kid with fibromyalgia. Yeah, I'll kill them. I'll <laughs> beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I'd like to bet twenty five dollars, Mister Speedster. Please. All right. Why don't you go ahead and set that oh there on God. the table. Let me, let me ground myself. <laughs> I have right. to put my money. <laughs> I, I, I thought we Just were Just put like, it so I, right here in Spud's hand. Come on. Sp- give it to, Spud, give it to Speedster. Spud, I I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that I had to have cash on me for the game show. I thought that was like, <laughs> that, that was like part of it. <laughs> uh well, we'll see
1: how it all fares out I'll, for Zach. Can I write you a check? It, a check? Is it check okay? Mm. <laughs> Banks and the Speedster don't exactly get along. <laughs> all right,
0: here we go. We've got 20 oh seconds on the okay. clock. We might add five to it. Jesus Zach, are Christ. you ready? No, my brain is not on that set. I'm going to count right down
1: now. three, two, one, go. I'm going to start your but timer. That, but that I'm wasn't it. Start my <laughs> but riff. That wasn't it, though. <laughs> and then you're going to have 20 oh, seconds. How okay. are, you, are you ready?
0: Can I take a sip? You can Spell? take a sip. Do I win like a car if I do good? We'll see about that. <laughs> okay.
1: Alrighty.
0: In three, a two, a one, a go! It's May 1976, and Eric and his friends are hooligans that hang out in their parents' basement and steal beer. Eric gets handed the family car, but there's a stipulation. He can't go out of town. But they have tickets to a concert, so he breaks the rule and takes them to the concert, where the car breaks down for the battery, but they can't call the parents. They make a deal with the shady guy who works at a car shop to give up some tickets so they can get hey, their car that's fixed. Time! Yeah. Who, uh, Mr. Speedy? I didn't get anything of. I would have. I would have liked to mention Eric and Donna. I would have liked to mention Kelso and Jackie. But you I know, don't think I did badly at all. You know,
1: Zach, I I really didn't establish Spud. a points or scoring for the system jury. here.
0: Yeah, uh, it's okay. I You're also kind of making this up as you was go. Was not Spud. paying I got attention
1: for most of what you were saying because Is that I true, was focusing. Spud? um so i i i think that you're spud's gonna get a on another solid planet. you know <laughs> spuds <laughs> on another
0: on in another world right spud's now spuds off spud. the wagon that that's um... how that's how the that's how the advantage works in my favor <laughs> yeah that spud doesn't remember what we're doing after you know zach tickets.
1: you're there we have a special point system here where you're gonna score between one through five American flags.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Because
1: this is the nineteen seventies. Are you gonna and remember We this love the next flag. Uh, Zach, I'm gonna give you a solid three point five American flags. That's a total of hundred seventy-five stars. <laughs> and you'll get there. <laughs> Let's see, so that's thirty-nine and then you adds. And forty-five stripes. That means you get to play again next week, Zach. Are you excited? Hell yes! Fuck you! Yes, I probably but... will be fired at the end of today's taping, so there will be a new host. But oh, that, but I'm Spud Speedster really signing out bad, from the Basement
0: Breakdown. Okay, well that's that segment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some trivia questions about this episode of That Seventy Show, Stephen. I've got four questions for you, so I'll kick it off. What <laughs> date does the first episode take place on? Oh, um, April 16th, 1976. I said, I said the month in my recap. It is May 17th, 1976. Hmm. I got the year. Yeah, um, you sure did. I got it really good out of the spud. uh Season one of eight.
1: Yeah, does not mathematically work out. Did they not think it was going to last that long? Why didn't they start in,
0: like, 71? Well, I think the argument is that the 70s weren't really the 70s until the late 70s. Well, they're different 70s, because you still had the disco 70s at the beginning. That's true. I yeah, mean, I'm with you, but cycle. I think they just wanted it to be, like, the height of 70s culture. Sure. And maybe they didn't. I don't know. Of course you want your sitcom to last eight seasons. Yeah. Um. What time does the first episode start, Zach? 8 mm, 8.30? Oh, you're really close. 847 p.m. Okay. All right. You know, this is really whiplashy. I don't really know. Am I talking to Steven now? I I don't know either, Zach. I kind of lost myself in that one. What food does Kitty say is so
1: versatile? Oh, Vienna sausages. Good job. A favorite of mine on
0: long road trips as a child. (laughs) Um, how much did the dealership offer red for the Vista Cruiser? That's one of my questions. You took it away. Uh, $400, $400. Wow. So I'll give you my last one. What time does Donna say that Canada closes? 9.30. There you go. And my last one to you is how often should
1: you yield, Zach?
0: Always yield. You always always yield.
1: yield.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's get into some things about the episode. And specifically what I'd like to talk about are... I don't know, the the tons of things that I relate to in this episode, yeah. one of which, maybe most of which, being getting high downstairs with your friends, which I thought in this episode, watching it as an adult, they make it loud and clear what's it's going on. It's very obvious. It's very How the obvious. hell did we not know as kids what was going on? Because we were children. We didn't know anything that was going on. Yeah. We were like, 9-11? No big deal. I'm <laughs> eight. It's like, damn, tough. <laughs> I'm four years old. <laughs> I'm just trying to play Bird outside. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I relate a lot to the wall moving while your parents Mm -hmm. are saying something very directly to you, and I think that the show handled it really well. It sounds like it came from experience. What did you think about it? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. That
1: scene was so relatable to me. The like, you know, you you just had a really fun time and all of a sudden your environment violently changes. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like... I was not prepared for this. I'm just like holding on for dear life trying to get it. It was like me when like Spud I'm Speedster
0: high. came into the
1: room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so relatable. I felt yeah. like the the speech about like a car is a privilege. This is this. If this happens, mm-hmm. it's gone. And like really just putting fear into you before you drive somewhere alone
0: for the first time versus like support and <laughs> well very relatable for me was when I got my car. My stipulation given was you can't drive on the interstate. Mm -hmm. Because my mom is like terrified of the interstate for some reason. Once you hit 65 miles an hour, Zach, that's when the devil comes out. I just black out, and that's not good (laughs) for anyone. But of course, (laughs) within weeks or days of having my license, I was on the interstate. Because everything cool... Is on the interstate, yeah, right? That's there where you got to go to get, to get do here. I can drive. I'm going to get as far away from these mm-hmm. people as I possibly can. Yeah. So that was really relatable to me, not just from Eric's end of of course doing that to go to this cool concert, but also Red knowing before he said it that that was just going to fuel him pushing yeah. the boundary of where he can take the car. Which is great. Great parent episode too, because mm-hmm. they're you know
1: they're they know what the fuck's going on. Like they're not stupid. They know that Eric's gonna do that. They know that he's taking the beers downstairs. Like and they they play ignorant, but yeah. you know, they're more so than I realized as a kid. Red and Kitty are letting Eric experience things to a degree. Yeah. While still being
0: very protective. Why don't we, for this first episode, kind of talk through the characters? Yeah. Because this episode of course, it roots us with Eric, and I think Eric's fairly likable in this episode I compared to how much of a whiny so-and-so he can be throughout mm-hmm. most of the show. But the the sh- the pilot really spreads its time across the characters. There were a lot of things that happened in this episode that I, I was surprised happened in this episode. A lot of Kitty and Red stuff, a lot of Kelso and Jackie stuff. Um, I think the characters all get their chance to... And maybe it's because we know the characters so well, Mm -hmm. but I feel like immediately you kind of get the vibe of these people and you kind of know them and you kind of get how they relate to one another. Yeah. So I guess we mentioned Eric a little bit, so let's start with Eric. What did you think of Eric Foreman, first episode? I I like Eric in this episode. I think that he is
1: introduced as this kind of, you know, standard protagonist. You know, he's got the parents. He's His place is where all the friends are hanging out. He's got his friends he's got the girl he's with next door to, you know and he kind of centers as the 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 central focus the the thing that the friends are
0: all orbiting around because all Mm -hmm. their relationships are going to go through eric and he's kind of fighting against it too Mm -hmm. like in the beginning he is scared of his dad but he wants to be the guy to go steal beer for his friends in a really fun sequence i thought This episode, since it's the first episode, there were a lot of... Filmmaking flourishes, yeah. That you're never gonna get a, again on the show because they film it in front of an audience like a play. So you just mm-hmm. get straight shots of sets. But there were a lot of like the tracking shot of Kitty in the party in the beginning, mm-hmm. or certain shots of the car later in the episode that I thought were really neat. In yeah. that sequence of of Kitty and Kitty being introduced <laughs> in a really fun way so fun. in that party sequence, talking to all of their friends, a hot, hot, hot. And you I, instantly get a sense she's
1: the hostess with the mostest. She's running around like crazy, making all these different snacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 cute. It's a great introduction for Kitty. Same thing for Red, who's instantly kind of like a hard ass. You know, he makes a joke about. You know, you, they set the scene really well with, the, with that first scene too. Of okay, it's the seventies, gas crisis.
0: Red and Kitty are kind of getting shat on a little bit for having an American-made car. Without really – now, I'm not from the 70s, so maybe Mm -hmm. people who are are like, give me a break. Oh, brother. But uh, for me, it works really well, and it's not Mm -hmm. too heavy-handed for a show that I expected way sillier out of. Yeah, I think Red is good in this episode because you get some of the classic Red one-liners. You get his sternness. But in this episode, he kind of says everything with like a wink and a smile. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is nice. I definitely prefer that Red. The Red who's kind of in on the joke of how tough a guy he is versus when he is just kind of that tough, which they do both sometimes. So that's Kitty and Red. Um, Let's talk about the gang. Donna. We don't get much from Donna as a character this episode, but honestly, I'm worried about how they handle the female characters on this show. Mm -hmm. So they didn't do anything that made me cringe with them. Especially bad, yeah. So that was good. But I think Donna works – because immediately you get why Eric would be so in love with her. Yeah. You, just first glance, you the fall bros. in love with Laura Prepon. She's one of the bros. She's beautiful. She's tall. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't... She, like Eric, can kind of not take everything so seriously.
1: Yeah. She, like, razzes him, but is also really sweet, is makes a lot of jokes that have some truth rooted in them, but also she can play off. And I think that's really funny, too, about, like, you could have had me when I was four and then, like, kind of, like, stupid, like, mess around. like it's, it's, it's really endearing. And I think that it, it is really, really sets endearing. Donna up as a smart, witty, really good friend to a lot of the characters.
0: On the other side, now their relationship is so baby steps mm-hmm. in this. Their kiss is adorable. It's really cute. And I think it's one of those moments that I absolutely can... Watch it and suddenly I'm 11 sitting at my parents' house watching that episode and waiting for my Donna that I can have a cute mm-hmm. first kiss on the car with. And and now it makes me feel old as shit because even though <laughs> the joke with that 70s show is by the end of it, they're supposed to be in high school and they all look like they're about 40. Yeah. <laughs> but in this first episode, they all look so young with the obvious mm-hmm. being Mila, Mila Kunis, Kunis, who's 14 at the start of the yeah. show because she lied about her age to get the part. Um <laughs> And the other people looking very young, 20s. look young, yeah. We're older than them now. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy, and they look like children. Mm-hmm. Let's move to Jackie and Kelso. I think Kelso, Kelso is very much like one thing, mm-hmm. but Ashton Kutcher, when he commits to it, does that thing so well.
1: Yeah, the Dopey it's really Boys. Great.
0: He gets some of the most obvious written joke, like the "That's permanent," but yeah. he has ways of delivering them where you can see Michael's train of thought. And yeah. he – he's. it's kind of like when we talk about The Good Place, Jason Mendoza, that yeah. he can say these stupid, obviously ham-fisted things. And because of his demeanor and his vocal delivery, you're on that ride with him and it doesn't It doesn't hurt. It, it's, it's funny. So funny. And his physical comedy, when he flails his body around and when he's like – uh, thinks he's getting in the front seat with Eric, and then gets taken <laughs> to the back seat. The way he just he like, like falls immediately, him. almost kind of Kramer esque. Yeah, it's really funny. Really funny and young theory. performance from Ashton Kutcher and
1: Jackie. I think sets up really well as like the the odd one out from the group, but she's attached to them because of Kelso and and has this kind of grip on him. And I think I really like Jackie as a character. And so I'm excited to see her kind of almost sink down to the rest of their <laughs> level sure. of of stupidity,
0: and 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 I think it's really funny. So I I'm like excited. her in this episode. I think mm-hmm. Milo Kunis is just cute as a button, yeah, and is adorable. giving a really cute, decisive performance as her character. I can just. I don't know. I love watching these and try to put yourself in the perspective of this 14-year-old girl who's one of the stars of a network sitcom for the first time. And and all of these kids feel really excited in this first episode. Yeah, they do. I think it helps make their characters so likable and it helps their chemistry form Mm -hmm. so quickly because it kind of feels like all of these guys are just bouncing off the walls ready to perform and to make us laugh. I would like to talk about the circle moment again before we talk about the couple, because that can lead us to Hyde. Mm. I thought the the stoned discussion, especially Hyde and Kelso in that scene, was so good. And TV shows never get it that right. And they were so airy and spacey and And laughing at things that weren't funny and making them funny because of their laughing at them. It was really genuine. It was great. I think that it,
1: you know, as an adult now compared to when I was a kid. It's super mm-hmm. like obvious what's happening, but it's done in such a funny way that it's it's not like ham fists It's not like, all right, boys, time <laughs> to get yeah. hi. Like they're just there hanging out. That's what they're yeah. doing. They bring fish. Hanging out into down it. the
0: street, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you, you got me there.
0: Well, watching this show in such high definition does make you notice a couple of things, like how in the circle, there's a clean, empty ashtray on the table. That would never <laughs> be there. Or I also noticed, separate from that, a couple moments, specifically the moment where Jackie and Kelso are about to make out in the car. hmm they duck down, and then the shot just freeze frames of the yeah, car it does. while it's like the audio rolling, continues. It just stops. When the, the show weird. was aired in 1998, I didn't mention that this first episode aired August 23rd, 1998. Wow, you couldn't see that on your TV. That was no. just like a trick that they had at their disposal. Uh-huh. But nowadays, you're like, oh, that's just a just a picture. Yeah, I, I I literally thought the video was skipping. I was like, is something wrong? And I was like, maybe that's on purpose. We don't learn much about his character, but talking about the Stoniness of the show, you got to bring mm-hmm. up Hyde. Yeah, who doesn't get a lot this episode, but I think his character really shines specifically in the circle moment. Absolutely, a couple of his line deliveries are kind of awkward in the episode, mm-hmm. but his look—we could talk about the fashion. There's a Hyde yeah. when they're in the basement has this like cool patterned shirt and jacket over it. That I, I, I love Hyde's really wardrobe neat. in this show. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I wanted to be like to me that was so
1: cool as a kid. Like everything. And- about Still Hyde. is, yeah. It just oozes cool. Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately,
1: yeah. Where on the other hand, we have Fez who oozes not cool, but I love the fucking leisure suit. It's so funny.
0: I like probably this Wilmer Valderrama looks as young as any mm-hmm. of them. I like this version of Fez that is so young and innocent. Yeah, but I really don't like that character, and I don't think they get him off to the. Best start, like literally his first line is about a girl having tremendous breasts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's like the only thing in this episode that my fight or flight instinct went in <laughs> some of the times when Fez did stuff. what? But maybe that's just shaded by what is coming. I think it, what did you when think? I was a kid, I is. loved Fez, but that's because I didn't understand how problematic
1: him as a character was and how culturally shitty a lot of the Way yeah. that they address him, well, because you're like,
0: I'm a little kid. I also am, am obsessed with hooking up with girls, potentially. Yeah, so like, this character that is hell he's funny on that and and the funny. audience
1: always laughs when he talks. So I'm sure that whatever they're saying must be funny. That's true. That's so, true. I think that I really, yeah, Fez. <laughs> you know, he's innocent. He's
0: like a little baby boy. I can't. He's not that Fez bad yet. in this
1: episode. Mm-mm. Fez gets
0: that bad, but not yeah. yet. <laughs> he both has moments on my biggest laughs and biggest cringes mm-hmm. for the end of the episode yeah that's all of the gang the only other characters i can think of that are worth really mentioning donna's parents, donna's parents bob and midge love big fan love yeah. yeah totally tanya roberts looked great in this episode Gorge. the mm. moment where it's eric's pov and he's talking <laughs> to them and looks down at the press <laughs> is really funny
1: the juxtaposition of is don stark's
0: who plays yes good yeah. job
1: thank you I always remember his name from the opening credits and be like, "That's gotta be Bob." <laughs> bob, yeah, that can That's only a bob be bob. if I've ever seen yeah. one. But the going from his terrible perm down to Midge's boobs is so yeah. funny.
0: And the setup for that—that that no matter what you do, don't say anything about my dad's hair. <laughs> Just don't get caught up in his hair. <laughs> We could talk and laugh about all the funny moments in this episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to start wrapping this up. What I really recommend you guys do is have a circle of your own and Mm -hmm. watch these episodes before you hang out with us to talk about them every week because it was fun. It put me in a good mood. It made me laugh out loud more times than I expected both times that I watched it. And I really like the way that they set up this world. The house is so cool. Like That setting is so blasted into my mind, but Mm -hmm. this time I was really noticing – little things that they had on the wall and just how lived yeah. in the basement looks and that's really really neat and this is the first episode and they set up the characters and the settings and the midwesternness of it all and the so 70s well. of it all really really well like yeah. as far as laugh track sitcoms go this is a pretty like I mentioned mathematics. It's like such a by the numbers in the best way possible. In the best way it works. How to write a sitcom pilot. How to cast a sitcom pilot. How to edit it. It just works. Mm. Uh, still, what twenty not twenty years later, but, but close. Fifteen years later, it's still funny and it still works and still rings true. Whether you were alive in the nineties when it came out or in the seventies when it, it, is it was set. Twenty years later, this show
1: aired in nineteen ninety eight. It's twenty twenty three. 25
0: years later. Oh, right, right. I did my math wrong totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. 25 years later. That's crazy to think. Yeah, and it holds up, holds up. Now there are going to be things in future episodes that f- that don't hold <laughs> up as much. And let's segue that into the first of our final segments, where we're, g- we're going to talk about the biggest cringes we mm-hmm. got from this episode. What made us cringy? Ooh. Uh, and guys, write us in however you have a way of getting hold of us. What made you cringe about us this week? Was it? Yeah. Was it Skip McPooper earlier <laughs> in the episode? I already forget. Do you remember Spud's name? Spud, Spud Speedster. Speedster. I said Speedster a couple or? of times, so it's one of those two. Was that as fun for you? as it was for me (laughs) let's talk about our biggest cringes in this episode i have a few so i'll start um they haven't quite figured out the transition visuals yet Mm. a couple of those things made me cringe the first like the i can't stop this you didn't like that one that one didn't bug me but i did not like the farrah fawcett poster that sang
1: baby 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 i didn't
0: like that you don't love that i love the fair faucet uncanny valley and i no i didn't like the weird one where fez was talking about his suit either yeah well you just have no taste Zach. what's your cringy cringe uh when eric
1: was like well you know my sister thinks that we shouldn't be left alone and then like the second and a half of silence afterwards that made me (laughs) like why would you who would say that and like I I like Eric a lot in this episode, and he doesn't do any cringy stuff for me really other than that. But that was pretty bad. Pretty cringy,
0: yeah. The other thing I wrote was just Fez's first line. Yeah. Uh, how do I say this in English? She has tremendous breasts. Yes. It's like yeah, immediately rough. you're like, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm like ah, go. 1998. Yeah. That's my cringe. We'll move into the positive of that and mm-hmm. talk about the things that made us laugh the hardest, our biggest laughs of the episode, mm-hmm. whether it's lines or moments. I have several, so I'll, g- I'll throw a couple at you. I really like when Eric is trying to steal the beer and it ends up just working out that he gets handed the four beers. Yeah. He's like, well, what are you going to do with We'll put them away, son. I intend to, sir. <laughs> I intend to, sir. <laughs> Can you- These are warm. <laughs> Can you take this, please? i love the
1: frantic like and kelso especially later on does this the best but the Mm -hmm. frantic running up and down the stairs like slipping and falling or like (laughs) jumping over a bunch of like that's so real for when you're like a teenager you just want to get there as fast as
0: possible and it's so funny and now you're like nah yeah i'll get there when i'm there yeah (laughs) uh Hyde and kelso in the circle i thought were specifically funny they seemed Mm -hmm. really stoned um, I really thought it was funny when Red gives Eric the car, and it's a nice moment. He's like, "Thank you so much." And he's like, "Yeah, well, clean the attic." Yeah. <laughs> uh The wonder where they're going out of town. I wrote that one. Yeah.
1: I I, I really thought that Michael in the circle was really funny mm-hmm. with when he was giggling. I also really uh liked when he was talking to Jackie about why he didn't invite her to the concert. He's like, "Well, I didn't know if you liked music." I thought that was really good. And Jackie too. just.
0: Michael. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those are my two biggest ones. I think Red just in general was really funny. The whole like car time when uh, Kitty's like, Lori's friend got pregnant in the car. Don't do that. It is not a bet on wheels. Like that was very relatable, funny. Like Eric's like, wait a minute. am I? Getting Red car? is so instantly
0: realized. You just yeah. know that guy immediately.
1: What the hell is wrong with Bob's hair?
0: <laughs> the sequence of the kids doing their parents' voices, I thought was funny. It was stupid, so but it made stupid me laugh. and funny. I thought it was hilarious. Well, our kids sure are a crazy group of young people. <laughs> huh? I love what you've done with the kitchen. Aqua and yellow, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which is, Red's talking about Eric, and he's like, that little monkey. I'm going to ground <laughs> him for 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> Uh, the Kelso.
1: acting, like the physical acting by the parents during
0: that whole thing is hilarious. Ashton Kutcher's acting when Kelso is talking about who isn't, who's not whos going to have to stay behind at the <laughs> concert. It's like, well, well, Jackie, of course. Jackie's out of here. Jackie's <laughs> gone, but who's going to go with her? <laughs> and the last thing, the only Fez moment that I thought was funny was when they find out that the mechanic is gay and he goes (laughs) to the bathroom with his partner and Fez looks at Eric and Eric's like, I'll explain later. I thought that (laughs) That was was good. Mm -hmm. So those are our biggest cringe and laughs. That was fun. Yeah. That's about the end of the basement this week. We've got one last thing to do. I've had a blast. I've had an exhilarating time, Zachary. It's been extremely (laughs) enjoyable. If I can laugh this hard with you 202 times, this is going to be be so easy. Uh, So the last thing we're going to do is kind of our MVP of the episode segment where we're going to discuss in our circle that we'll have after this in our Mm -hmm. mind with all the characters from that 70s show who based on their performance, this episode gets the first hit. Mm -hmm. It's tough because like I mentioned, sure. Eric is clearly the main character, but the, the time is spread so well between all of the characters that I can think of standout moments for three or four characters. And it's hard to pick one over the other. Do you know? I, I did
1: settle on one. Okay. Obviously, there's a few great choices for great reasons, but I gave my first hit this week to the man, the myth, the legend, Red Foreman. Sure. I think that he's so funny, and he's in on the joke this whole episode, and I think that it's,
0: it's great. So, Red gets my first hit this week. Then I'm going to go separately from that, mm-hmm. and my first hit this week will go to Michael Kelso. Nice. Because I think... I think Ashton Kutcher's performance makes that character so recognizable Mm -hmm. and so funny immediately. Like, you immediately, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. And he makes you laugh. So it's going to be Michael Kelso, but Red is a great choice as well. Mm -hmm. That'd be a fun Dream Blunt rotation. Red, Kelso, Red, and and Kelso. (laughs) That'd be so funny. The last thing that I want to talk about is we're going to end each episode with a song. Mm -hmm. That's 70s Playlist, music featured in the show. Unfortunately, when this show is on streaming... Uh, A lot of the music is taken away from the episode. I think this first episode does have some of the music because it's relevant to the story. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these episodes, most of the music is gone. So I thought, who better to represent this episode than by playing a song, a little music of Todd Rundgren, since that was the big concert that they all went to in this episode. And they played a song of his in this one that -hmm. I really like a lot. It's called I Saw the Light. We're going to listen to it let's do it so that's the end of the first episode of The Basement thanks for hanging out with us it's been a lot of fun we're gonna be back next time to talk about the second episode of That 70s Show Eric's birthday ooh happy birthday should be fun I'm really looking forward to it Steven Me any too. parting words for our our friends our, our, our family Fam-
1: always yield always yield bye guys bye guys jam out nice that was so much fun you getting- So right